Hello and welcome to Life Changes You. Again, I'm Daniel and I hope you've had a good week. The last couple of months, we've had some really good people. We had Natalie from NMS Coaching in the UK recently, and that was a really good talk about her struggle with COVID and changing her career from an engineer into a coach. We also had Lisa from Simply Anxious, who spoke about her battle with anxiety and over the 25-year period, how she managed to cope better with it and learn to deal with the day-to-day anxieties that come from that. We also spoke to Anita from Sugar and Sloth, and she said to us that she had ADHD and she only realized she had that when some of her customers on her live group said that they had ADHD and they thought she did too. And when she went and got some advice from a psychologist, it turns out she does have ADHD. So that was really good for her. I mean, her stuff is brilliant. She worked so hard. Go and have a look at Sugar and Sloth. I'm sure you'll really enjoy her characters. Anyway, today we have back with us again, Isaac Lee, psychologist, not to the stars, but psychologist to all of you people out there who are listening. Hello, Isaac. How are you? I am going well. Uh, You know, like one of the things that that happens when I come on here and you you do that little spiel at the start with the different podcasts that you've recently done. And I just, I just listen and I go, I I should listen to that. I should, I should listen to that. Uh, So that uh, was it sugar and spice. Is that one? Sugar and sloth. Sugar and Sloth. That one sounds really interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna be listening to that one tonight. So uh, look, she's uh she's a great young business entrepreneur and her story, it's only about a half hour one. And I also this is the other thing I'm supposed to remember is that anyone listening to this podcast, if you want to see me talking live on a Wednesday night, it's 8 30 p.m. or 8 p.m. Australian time, 9 to 9 30 a.m. UK time. And in America, it's about four in the morning, but you can catch up on the lives from my Instagram account, which is life underscore changes you underscore podcast. So I've been doing those lives for about seven weeks now, and it's really good. We we started out, we're only going to do 15-minute chats, and I think the longest is an hour and a half and the shortest is an hour and five minutes. Because <laughs> once we get on, all these people come on and ask questions, and we talk about all different topics, mental health, psychology, positive stuff it's it's fantastic no wonder i'm worn out i should have i should have told you all the stuff i was doing when we did our last podcast on people pleasing and being tired out because that's probably why i am tired out i never stop <laughs> well yeah never stopping is actually that's the kind of the focus that i wanted to talk about today ah yeah is uh being high achievers or uh, people that put a lot of effort into trying to get ahead and uh, what that means, the different dynamics that apply to them and how we can kind of monitor that in a way that we can, again, have those positive aspects of that personality profile yeah. uh, and just also notice the times when maybe it's actually being a bit toxic to us. Okay. So uh, it's interesting. We, we call this schema or this pattern unrelenting standards. Right. So high achievers, you know, often fall under this category. What what comes to your mind when I say the term unrelenting standards? Like if I was to say to you, you have unrelenting standards, what comes to mind? Well, when you were saying it just before, I was actually thinking, hmm, does that sound a little bit narcissistic? You know, your standards have to be so high. I mean, my standards are high. But um, I don't dwell on, oh, I need to get this higher or I need to get that better. I'm, obviously, I'm not the highest achiever, but I do achieve quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever I use this term unrelenting standards with people, 
the thing that immediately comes up is, Isaac, I don't have unrelenting standards. I just have standards. Right. And it's always from the point of view of the outside observer. So the outside observer might say you have unrelenting standards, but the individual with unrelenting standards will typically say, no, I don't have unrelenting standards. Other people are just slack. Okay. I don't have unrelenting standards. I just do a reasonable amount of work. I do a reasonable amount of stuff. And some people don't do as much as me, but like, you know, like where I'm at, that's the reasonable level. And uh, other people just need to catch up. Right. Sound familiar? Do you have unrelenting standards? Well, <laughs> funny, funny story, actually. I was uh, talking with some friends of mine about, uh, I've got some clients. Sometimes it doesn't click for them. I had a client that had a PhD in psychology and did a lot of research, was very intelligent. And, you know, first session came in and I was like, I think you have anxiety. And they said to me, no, 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 I don't have anxiety. Uh, And then fast forward two months later, after I was doing a lot of work and looking at this stuff, and they said, oh, no, I I definitely have anxiety. (laughs) And it turns out when I do these anxiety interventions, my anxiety significantly decreases and I feel much better. Wow. Thank you for doing that. And this is, a, I was telling some friends about this psychologist who like had you know, this PhD and all this research, didn't really get it. And then the next story that I tell after that was me talking to my own psychologist and how after two months of me saying I don't have unrelenting standards, I, I come back and realize I definitely have unrelenting standards. <laughs> like, <laughs> and my psychologist who I work with my own stuff with, yeah, came back to me and said, yeah, I was like, I could have told you that in, in the first session. <laughs> um, so it is something that is hard to kind of recognize. We try to do these things. We try to, you know, maybe push ourselves. We, we want to be a better person. We want to, you know, we want to learn more. We want to do better at school. Or we want to earn more money. Or we want to have like the best friendships that we can possibly have. Or we want to go to the most interesting places that we can possibly go to. So we're kind of like always trying to just get more out of life, trying to, push ourselves more, trying to get better outcomes for ourselves or for our friends or for our team or for our boss. So, you know, like there's, there's different aspects of just really valuing like achievement in one way, shape or form that can sometimes be somewhat unrelenting. And as you're saying it, I'm actually thinking about when I'm booking people for a guest for podcasts and when I'm thinking about who I'm going to do a live with, you know, for me, it is constant. I'm always thinking, so this person can do this and I can talk to them about this and this and this. And yeah, I don't take much time out because I'm always trying to better myself. And I am trying to better myself in the different podcasts I do. Is it a better guest? Is it better conversation? Are people going to be able to relate to this? And I guess I really noticed that last year when I listened back to one of my first podcasts and I went, oh, my God, is that how I really sounded? Because all those things you learn as you go and your unrelenting standards, you start to realise that, oh, I need to make this better and not so much bigger, but just, I guess, polish it a bit better. Yeah, try to try to always be improving. Yeah. So we often, uh, often use the term moving the goalposts. So, and you might have found this, right? When, when you started with your podcast... How excited were you when you got your, your first 100 followers? Oh, ecstatic. I was, I was ecstatic when I got my first 10. Yeah. And then as it grew every time, and look, I say I don't like to think about the amount of people following, but, yeah, it, it's amazing when you look at the analytics and you see that 
Well, I'll give you an example. This week, uh, Spotify, all of a sudden I've got 66 reviews on there. Well, I've only ever had two or three. So people are now starting to find me on Spotify. And the feeling of that was just like, wow, people are finding me on Spotify. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You might have found this, right, when you get to 10 followers the first time you get to 10 followers. Yeah, it's great. But then as soon as you get to 10, you go, wow, now, now I need to get to 20. Yeah. Now I need to get to 50. Yeah. Now I need to get to 100. It's so true. Now I need to get to a thousand. Yeah. Now I need to get to five thousand. Now ten thousand. Now twenty thousand. Now fifty thousand. So this is why we use that term unrelenting. Yeah. Because we move the goalposts. We say, well, now that I've reached this milestone, maybe I can celebrate it for a day. Maybe I can be happy when I see that uh, that milestone tick over. But then straight back at it. What's next? What am I doing next? Yeah. And I'm going to bring it back to that uh, that thing that I often bring back to, which is self worth. So we're trying to do things you know, like if I can get 100 followers, I'm going to feel better about myself. Oh, I'm going to feel like a sense of achievement, a sense of self-worth. Right? I've done well. The work that I've done has an outcome. Right? Yeah. Maybe I'm helping more people or maybe I'm earning more money or maybe I've got more friends. Maybe I'm the best man at more people's weddings or maybe I'm earning enough money that I can buy this, this house or this car. Yeah. And you know, often as soon as we get that car, we go, wow, this is really good. Oh, drive it around for a couple of days, you know, show a bunch of my friends. People will tell me how great the car is. Maybe do that for a couple of days, maybe a week, maybe a couple of weeks. And then as soon as it dies down, we go, oh, wow, I need to earn more money so I can get an even better car than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's uh, in relation to school, right? Where we go, you know, like I, I did really well. I got like a... I got a, a 95% on this test, which is great. You know, like I can celebrate that. I can take it home to my parents and say that it's really good. Uh, but then as soon as, you know, like as soon as that day's done, I got to go to focus on the next test. Yeah. I got to focus on the next assignment, on the next grade. Uh, so we're always trying to push ourselves to do more, push ourselves to get ahead, push ourselves to reach the next milestone. And then we often kind of bring that back to that uh, self-worth as well. Yeah. Yeah. So noticing how this occurs, like noticing how we tend to push ourselves, noticing how we maybe change those goals, tell ourselves that we need to do more. The big thing that I, I really work with people in therapy is celebrating the wins. So being able to stop and tell yourself, I've done well. Now, this is a, a broad concept in therapy that comes up where it's, Learning to be the parent to yourself. So learning to be able to tell yourself, good job. Yeah. Learning yeah. to be able to tell yourself, I'm proud of me. You know, giving yourself that pat on the back, being able to congratulate yourself, being able to celebrate those wins. And this is something that when we're a kid, that happens from a parent, hopefully, right? Yeah, should, yeah. Should, should happen from the parent. But then when we get into adulthood, we at some point in our lives transition to that role has to actually come from us. So getting that internal validation rather than that external validation. Can I jump in there and tell you a brief story? 
So I was working with a participant, so someone who's got intellectual disability, and I said to them, I'm really proud of what you've done. You know, you've done really well. And they were like, I, are you really proud? And I go, yeah. It went on a bit more than that. And then they said, but are you proud of yourself, Dan? And I said, yeah, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of, you know, what I've done for my sisters, my mum, what I do here at work with the podcast. There's lots of things about me I'm proud of. And one of the workers here said, are you really proud of yourself? And I went, yeah. And they went, I'm not proud of myself. And I said, but why? You've achieved so much. And they went, I just don't feel proud. And that almost broke my heart because I thought most people probably would think that what they've done in their life, they're proud of. And as you say, being a high achiever, this person's a high achiever. They have achieved lots of things, but they didn't think that they had achieved enough. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. You use the phrase, like, I think most people are proud of themselves. And I, I guess maybe I'm a little bit skewed, but I think a lot of people just struggle with this concept of being proud of themselves. And you're right, because, yeah, now I'm saying it to you, I wonder how many other people out there aren't actually proud of what they're achieving in their life, it's their job, their relationship. You know, there must be lots of things that people are going, oh, I don't know if this is really working and doubting themselves yeah. and not feeling proud about what they've achieved. Yeah, I mean, like, like in this capitalist society that we live in, always got to be earning more money, always got to have a bigger house, a nicer car. All right, we always got to consume more, go to nicer restaurants. And so we're kind of set up to be in this environment where we're told we shouldn't be proud of ourselves. We, we should be pushing more. Well, you've only got to look at, I mean, I've got the Instagram account, but some of the stuff that I see there on a daily basis is you shouldn't be watching Netflix. You should be reading a book. You shouldn't be going to a nightclub. You should be getting plenty of sleep. And I read these things and I think, these are such a wrong thing to do because, one, I think people reading it would get anxiety from feeling like, oh, well, I can't watch Netflix and just relax for an hour. I need to be reading a book and studying and making myself better, which ties into high achievers. And that's not the sort of positivity I like, you know. But when you see that stuff constantly, and because I'm an Instagram, not an influencer, but I've got a big following, you see this stuff time and time again. And I just think, well, if I'm seeing it and I can read through it, there's other people though seeing it all the time that aren't seeing through it. I've just said I'm a high achiever, haven't I? On Instagram. <laughs> you, I had a bit of a giggle there. Oh yeah, like I'm not that much of an influencer. I don't have that many followers and like I need to do better. But, but, but still like, you know, there's some of this that are like, yeah, yeah, okay. okay. No, but look, I, I wasn't bringing it into that, but I'm I think I see more of this stuff because I do have a big following. So I see all this stuff about you can't do this, you need to do that. And I think at some point people have got to realise that you don't have to work nonstop. Every, it's like side hustle, get a side hustle, get a second side hustle. I mean, these people are going to have heart attacks by the time they're 30 or 40 mm -hmm. or worn themselves out completely because that's what people have told them to do. It's like motivators, it's people like Tony Robbins, and I'm not saying him, but some of the other people like him. It's just push, 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 push. And in the end, that person's going to go, I can't push anymore. I can't be proud of myself because I haven't got to where you said I needed to get to. And I think that's where life coaches and that have to be a little bit careful that they're not pushing their people further than they need to go because, I don't know, I just went on a ramble. I just want to tell you that I have literally prescribed Call of Duty in a psychology session. Like you are over the next week, you have to play at least two hours of Call of Duty every day. Yeah. I have told people, all right, over the next week, you have to watch at least two hours of Netflix. Yep. 
on these nights, right, after work. Uh, and I think that this is something that, like, sometimes people in therapy just need the permission. Yes. I, I love it when I can get my clients to a stage where they can give the permission to themselves to be able to relax and say, I am enough. Yeah. I have yeah. done enough. I have helped enough. I have earned enough. I have worked enough. All of these things. I am enough. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to do, man. It's hard to do. Another thing that I, I want to I wanna ask all the listeners this question, and the two of us are going to chat this out. So the question is, would you rather earn more money or be happy? I can answer that to you straight away from my point of view, and I've said this a lot more recently because I've heard myself saying it, I would rather be happy than have any money because money, yeah, can buy you things, but I'm, I'm actually, I think I'm a lucky one where I'm content with what I've got. I don't need anything else. I'm happy in life where I am and I'm happy with what I do for other people. Going back to that other podcast we did about people pleasing, I, I get my happiness from helping other people, doing things myself, and money will never make me happy. Oh, my, I don't know. I've never had enough. <laughs> So I guarantee you there is a bunch of people that when they heard that question, their immediate thought was, well, hang on a second, I'd be happier if I had more money. So they're instinctively saying, well, I'd take the money. Yeah. But then when we break it down a little bit more, as you've done kind of instinctively, is, well, hang on a second, I've literally given you two options. One is more money. One is more happiness. Uh, And instinctively, we go to the money because it's a capitalist society influencing us. But when we break it down, we go, hang on a second, what's the money for if not to lead to more happiness? Yeah. And sometimes that's very true because when we're no longer stressed about paying rent, when we're no longer stressed about paying the bills, when we're no longer stressed about paying for groceries, then that can significantly increase our happiness. So like sometimes that's the case. But then other times, you know, like when, when we've got those kind of necessities down pat, then yeah, like we can start to examine that our priority that we place on money in achieving might not actually be leading to happiness, but we've just kind of assumed that that's the case. And I have a feeling that the more money you have, the more stress is tied to that. I'm not saying like if you, I don't know, uh, say an example of between 50 and 100,000, so let's say that's your base salary, but having more than that and you're investing in things and you're constantly having to look at how your investments are going, your properties are that you've bought. I mean, look, millionaires might be listening to this going, Dan, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm not stressed at all and I own 20 million houses. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but mm-hmm. from my, what I see, I would think that more money would lead to more stress and less happiness. Yeah, they've actually graphed it. There's a, there's, a, there's a curve of like how much money you earn and how that impacts happiness and, and stress. And there's kind of like a sweet spot of between about 70 grand and 120 grand per annum. Right. So uh, between 70 and 120 grand, that's when we notice that problems decrease. So stresses decrease. We're not worried about rent or groceries. Uh, and we may be able to get away for a, a nicer holiday, right? Yeah. So that's that 70 to 120 grand. Once we get above 120 grand, what we notice is that those stresses actually having more than 120 grand doesn't like impact whether you can pay the groceries or not, right? So 
instead, what it does, it actually typically brings more stresses in the form of more responsibilities. Maybe you've got, you know, you're working more hours. You can pay for a nicer holiday, but you've got less holidays in the, in the year because yeah. of the responsibility that you have. Can I say to you that back about five years ago, when I was really quite unwell with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, um, I had almost two years where I hardly worked. And I would say I brought in about ten dollars to $20,000 because I could work here and there and make a bit of money. And I could only just about cover what I needed to cover. And when I went to the supermarket, it was a choice of do I buy three cans of baked beans for $3 or do I buy some meat, which is going to be $7 just for the meat. So now that I am earning better money and I am feeling better about myself, I I sometimes, you know, I go to the petrol station and put petrol in the car and I think, wow, I didn't have to worry about where the money was coming from for that or could I afford that? And the same with when I go shopping nowadays, I buy what I want to buy and I know I've got plenty to eat and I've still got money in the bank. But thinking back to that time, it was a stressful time and I can't imagine how people on a low wage do get through each week, especially if they have children in their life as well. It's all about uh, kind of balancing those different stresses. Uh, I think the big thing you know, that we're going through today in, in terms of those unrelenting standards is if you have those unrelenting standards, you're more likely to achieve. You're more likely to earn more money. You're more likely to have these accomplishments that other people might envy. Yep. But you're also more likely to have more stress. And it's difficult to celebrate those wins. It's difficult to feel like a, you've achieved enough. So understanding these unrelenting standards and how they kind of apply to people, one of the big takeaways that I want people to have is that we need to be better at being the parent to ourselves. Yeah, we need yeah. to be better at congratulating ourselves. We need to be better at giving ourselves a pat on the back. We need to work on celebrating those wins, you know, being kinder to ourselves so that we can have this sense of enough. Yeah. And that hopefully can lead to us having a better life. It surely can. Mm. Wow. Thank you, Isaac. High achievers, Isaac Lee. Great stuff, mate. We'll have to touch base again in a few months down the track, but the one we did the other week on people pleasers and this one today on high achievers, both really good information and we'll get people thinking because the whole time on both of those podcasts we did, I'm thinking and analysing. I think someone told me it was self-reflecting on my own life and what I'm doing and, uh, you know, yeah, it, it's brilliant, really good stuff. I love when you come on because... You, you always bring something that makes me think, the audience think, and uh, hopefully you think too. Uh, I, I love it. And I'm certainly going to be uh, checking out some of those ones that you mentioned at the start of the podcast. Can you remember so, what it was called? Sugar and... Sloth. Sloth. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Isaac, once again. Enjoy your evening. Thank you for your information. It's, uh, it's brilliant to have you on. No worries. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was another episode of Life Changes You. If you want to contact us, we're available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we also have a website, lifechangesyou.com.au. So until next time, take care of each other, and thanks for listening.